0: Visit roberthalf.com today. Ladies and gents, welcome to All Things Covered Coming from L.A. live. Live. I'm in L.A. My guy, Pat P., is in Arizona. Of course, waste management is a huge deal. Kicking off the golf season. He's there getting people fired up. But he will be here in L.A. with me by the end of the week. So we will give you guys shows together. But Pat P., it's a big week. Golf is a huge opportunity in golf. The week of golf. Of course, waste management. Super Bowl is here in L.A. You see the backdrop. I'm down. I got the, the boats. I got the sunshine. It's, it's, it's a beautiful good. life it's out here. Good.
1: Say it again? I, said, I thought you was on a pier somewhere, man. I see all them sailboats behind yeah. you and stuff. Living a yeah, good life. I mean,
0: we over here at the, the marina, yeah, living the good life. Feeling like a <laughs> retired guy, actually, right now. I can't complain about anything. There's a lot to talk about when you talk about Minnesota Vikings, of course, NFL Super Bowl. But before we talk about Super Bowl, let's first quarter our show. For everybody who's been following our show, first quarter, we love to kick off and show tribute and respect to Minnesota. So it's time for our school check-in. Big time news coming from Minnesota. Remember last week, Pat P., when we did our show, we thought Harbaugh might be the guy that will be the next head coach replacing Coach Zimmer. But no, no, no. He interviewed. They didn't give him an opportunity to become the head coach. They decided to go with Kevin O'Connell. Now, Kevin is the offensive coordinator for Los Angeles Rams. He will uh, assume that new role with Minnesota when the Super Bowl is over. But Pat P., how surprised, what was your reaction when you heard Harbaugh wasn't getting the job, and the team was going with Kevin O'Connell as the next head coach.
1: My first reaction was, uh, "What happened? <clears throat> you know, like what went and down?" Because all the fingers was pretty much pointing to, you know, Jim landing the job in Minnesota. So, you know, the first thoughts that came to my my mind is, uh, "What happened? You know, with the with the interviewing process? Uh, you know, what uh, did they did not like?" Because, like we talked about, he's the most qualified coach. You know that was in position, you know, to be, uh, to be the next head coach. But, you know, obviously they end up going uh, in a different direction, um, which I think, you know, that's pretty much what every team is doing nowadays it's going young, offensive minded um, guys that have a relation, great, uh, a great relationship with younger players that, that can relate to younger players that can get the best out of them. Because the, the old way is kind of, I won't say it's ran out, but, Old way is not it anymore. So these uh, these owners and they try to make sure that they get coaches that can relate relate uh, relate to these young players.
0: And you talked about going with an offensive mind, minded coach last week. We both agreed we felt like they would go a different direction than when than when they brought on Mike Zimmer, who is a defensive minded coach. Uh, why were you so confident that the team would definitely go offensive minded in regards to who the new head coach would be?
1: You know, uh, you know, Adam had an opportunity to talk about that meeting that he was in with the ownerships. You know, I so happened to be in that meeting as well, and I kind of had a, a feeling that you know that's the route that they wanted to go. Break you know, down,
0: break down the meeting, break down the meeting you're talking about because, of course, you informed me about that meeting, but share with our viewers the actual <laughs> meeting that you're referring to in regards and about the next head coach.
1: Yeah, um, it was just a meeting with you know all the captains, all the guys. Um, you know, leader leadership. And, you know, Mark just wanted to know like what, you know, what Avenue, you know, just wanted to get our thoughts on, you know, what could we do to make this, you know, put it all into the, to the basket right now? Like, what are some of the things that you guys think that can help that, that, that you think that can make us a, a better football team? And, you know, some of the guys, you know, uh, you know, got some of their their messages out, what they thought that was uh, going to be good for the football team, what they thought, you know, what what type of coaching style that they thought that they need to, to help us turn the corner, uh, what type of coach that they feel that they need, uh, that we needed to help us turn the corner. And, you know, it looks like they took all of those, you know, those were, uh, you know, those replies, those uh, comebacks to them Um you know, and and, and, and you know, they took it all in, and and, and took it uh, and, and and put it into you know their 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 thought process when it came to um, hiring their uh, their new head coach. So um, it was a uh, for me, I was taken by surprise when I was invited to that meeting because I'm like, man, you know, I just got here. Obviously, I know I'm an older player, but you know, I'm going hey, to be you had a to see, You had yeah. on your jersey. Yeah. So, but at at the same time, like it's still like when you when you that player is no guarantees for me next year so it's like exactly you know why would you be in that meeting you know what I mean so um it was it was a surprise for me but at the same time I I I looked at it as you know as as like respect you know they like that like they know what they have in the in in the building you know so they want to they, they respect what they have in, in me. And, and when I, when I told my wife about it, I was like, you know, that was, that was pretty cool for them to involve me in that meeting. And, uh, it was pretty special.
0: Yeah. And looking at Kevin O'Connell's, uh, numbers as a coach, he's 36 years old. Uh, very very young, vibrant individual. Second uh, season as the Rams' offensive coordinator. He has seven uh, seasons of NFL coaching experience. He actually played the National Football League. He was a third-round draft pick. Pat P. I don't know if you if you were aware of this. Yeah. By the New England Patriots in 2008, he played one season. Uh, coaches that he's worked under include Sean McVay, Jay Gruden, Chip Kelly, and Mike Pettine. So he's been around the block, been around some established coaches. Uh, so and clearly he's done a real good job offensively with the Rams. And if you look at you know guys that I mentioned that he's worked under. You know successful coaches clearly highlighted by Sean McVay. You know what I mean? So, everyone is trying to get the next best thing offensively, and he's coming from that Sean McVay tree. You look at some other hot young coaches that have become head coaches as of late in the National Football League. Matt LaFleur is looking at the job he's done offensively with the Green Bay Packers. He's an offensive minded head coach. Zach Taylor currently coaching in the Super Bowl, offensive minded head coach. So, everyone is looking for the next great young offensive minded guy, and hopefully, the Minnesota Vikings. Has found that next guy. Last question for you before we transition to break Pat P hiring Kevin O'Connell, how do you think, how do you believe that will impact Kirk Cousins for 2022? Like remaining with the Vikings, will this improve his potential? What do you think this does for Kirk Cousins?
1: You know, honestly, I know I, I you know, you see a lot of trade talks, you see a lot of uh, you know, things out there. You know, around circulating. You know, um, you know Minnesota and, and trading Kirk Cousins. But if you look at it, to me, Kirk is like a Matthew Stafford. You know how I feel about Matthew Stafford. He's an underrated quarterback. Like he, mm-hmm. he might not go out there and put up 320 yards a game, but he's going to be. He's going to be efficient with his numbers. He's going to get the ball where he need, where the ball needs to be. He's not going to, he's not going to, he's not forcing these turnovers. He's going to be very smart with the ball. He's going to put together drives for you, and you know he, he has a strong arm to get the ball to push the ball down the field. So, yeah. you know, and, unless you can get something really special for him, you know, why would you trade him? You know, what I mean, especially coming off the last two years, bad, you know, and and I think. You know, with uh, uh, with Kevin coming over, I think it would be great for him because you essentially will have the same quarterback, a quarterback that moves well off play action, a quarterback that moves well, you know, off bootlegs, you know, the quarterback that moves well off play actions that really thrives off the play action. You have a good good running back here. Everything is in place for him. So I, I think honestly, you see where it goes the first year. I, I don't know Kirk's contract situation, but you see how it yep. goes the first year. Then you, you know, you go from there. But in my opinion, I don't, I don't think he should be traded unless you can get something spectacular. I'm,
0: I'm right there with you. If you can't bring back in an elite-like guy at the quarterback position. Ride with Captain Kirk, Kevin O'Connell clearly took this job under the assumption that Kirk Cousins would be his head, his quarterback. So I think he is okay with that. And 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 just just make it happen. Offensively, this is a well-rounded, established group. Two outstanding number one wide receivers. Cook, outstanding running back, hopefully Hopefully good tight end Irv Smith Jr. who missed basically the whole year. You know what I mean? Get healthy on the defensive side. You got you a playoff caliber team right now on paper. You know what I mean? Just got to put it on film. So I'm right there with you. And then uh, and, and I think Minnesota, the Viking fans, clearly, pipe Pat P, they're excited about the hire. They don't have any issues. Probably the majority don't have any issues with this hire. And hopefully he can kind of put together a nice staff that can really develop this team into being a competitor going forward in 2022. Well, you guys know what time it is. It's Super Bowl time, and we're here. I'm here out in L.A. Pat P. will be here in L.A. uh, towards the end of the week, and we're here to talk about this upcoming matchup. And the unique unique thing about Pat P., uh, he played against both teams, so I know he has a very, very unique perspective in in guarding elite offensive players that we will be be seeing this Sunday. So right after the break, we'll tap into this outstanding matchup between the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Super Bowl 56 coming your way. Welcome back to All Things Covered, coming coming to you live on CBS Sports HQ. If this is your first time checking me and Pat P out, you can follow our podcast anywhere where podcasts are found. Or check us out on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash allthingscovered. Pat P is in Arizona. I'm in L.A. getting ready for this Super Bowl matchup. Pat P had the luxury of playing against both teams. Throughout the regular season, let's highlight the home team in this ball game, which is the Cincinnati Bengals. Pat P, you got a lot of different LSU ties with the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's highlight highlight the man in charge, Joe Ku cigar smoking, barrel, Right, yes, the sir. first game you guys that was the first that was week one, right? If I'm not mistaken, you guys played against Cincinnati.
1: On
0: ACL. <laughs> yeah, first game off an ACL uh, injury that he sustained during his rookie campaign 20 of 27 261 yards two touchdowns against you guys and let's keep it real for guys that remember that ball game it was a questionable fumble by Dalvin Cook that led to that victory for first Cincinnati but they won but tell us a little bit about the game prep game plan for Joe Burrow based on what you saw leading up to that week one matchup and how the experience was playing against him in week one
1: Well, you know, we didn't have, obviously, we know what he was capable of, you know, going, I I can't remember how many weeks we played up until getting injured against uh, Washington in his rookie uh, campaign, but we knew, you know, the accuracy he had. We knew how how strong his arm was. And when we uh, uh, obviously game-planning for him, when we uh, knew that Jamar Chase was going to be in the lineup, we knew that those guys had a, a great connection coming from you know co- coming from college and leading up until that point to where Joe got injured like i said we knew what he was capable of so it wasn't nothing that you know we wasn't surprised by or we didn't you know have opportunity to to study for because he put a lot of good good stuff on tape already um but going into that game he he looked just like he did you know what what he uh, uh how he left off his rookie season you know it was very mm-hmm. poised in in, in in the pocket, making um, some great throws. And the call for me, the call of the game, I think it was fourth and Did one. It? it was fourth and I one. And they, and they, yes, they it. It was, yes, it was fourth and one. They hurry up to the offensive line. They let the play clock uh, uh, drain all the way down to about 10 seconds. So they act like they was in a panic. So we couldn't get lined up and see the right personnel. And they ran the, mm-hmm. the old – Sugar, honey, iced tea, play on us, and that was a hell of a call in that, in that, at that moment, because we was up, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or it, 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 we, we was either up, or that was an we overtime. Were, yeah, no, that wasn't overtime in that one. That was the that was okay. the um, that's the play there. You see, I think, guys. I think, matter of fact, I think that was overtime. I think that was overtime. That for was overtime. To, that led yeah, to that the was field overtime. goal. Exactly led to the field goal. So, but that was a gutsy call for them to run that play fourth and one. But the way they was able to set it up, it was amazing. But it wasn't nothing that we saw in that game that Joe surprised us with. You know, like I said, the 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 film that he put out there was amazing, and this year continued to prove that. Yeah,
0: and and when you look at young quarterbacks throughout your. Career, you've played against experienced guys. You played against young guys. How do you know a young quarterback has that it factor?
1: When he's able to take his team down the field in crunch time. That's the it factor. Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay. Like I don't. I, I can care less what you do through quarter one through three. Like yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady might not have the the best numbers in in the, in the game, but guess what? He's clutching crunch time. So, if you can win me ball games and cross time when I really, really need you that 's the it factor mhm
0: and and looking at the it factor when it comes to winning ball games straight up or when it comes to winning ball games against the spread he's proving your point to be accurate. 6-0, straight up, ATS in the last six starts. Look at the completion percentage. Look at the yards per ball game. Unbelievable numbers, and it's no surprise they're currently getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. But with every good quarterback, you got to have a real good wide receiver. And that first ball game was Jamar Chase' rookie debut. Seven receptions for 101 yards, one touchdown. I look at When I look at Jamar Chase, I love being able to give an NFL comp to younger guys i see jimmy smith jimmy smith was a guy who was strong at the point of attack he was a hard tackle he knew how to create separation he knew how to attack angles and he was a shorthanded handed guy and he loved living in the end zone and i see some of the same things coming from jamar chase you saw him at lsu you you, you know a lot about jamar chase what did you see from jamar in that first ball game that ultimately led to him being one of the best young wide receivers in 2021.
1: You know, with with that being the first first week of the uh of the season, you know, I didn't have a I, I think I only I didn't get much many opportunities in that game. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but having an opportunity to go up against some very strong very fast, powerful. Like he has the total package. Reminds, he to me, he has a great combination of a, a of a Julio Jones, far as the combination with the speed and the power, and then he has a, a little bit of Dash Bryant having the opportunity to take it the distance after the catch, breaking tackles, taking a slant for sixty yards. Like you don't see receivers doing that. So I think he has a a, a great combination of both of those guys because he has the size of Julio, but has the the, the the breakaway tackle ability of a Dez Bryant, so that's why I said I, that's why I say that he's a, a combination of both of those both of those receivers. But um, you know, have an opportunity to go up against him. You know, his rookie year, that with well, that first game in his rookie year, um, you can tell that you know he was going to be a guy that was going to be uh, a, a, an emerging star in this league, you know, just like Justin, you know, those guys had great, yeah. great careers in college. And, and, you know, I don't see anything different. As long as you get them with a solid quarterback that can get them the football, they're going to be just fine.
0: Yeah. And talking about Justin Jefferson, of course, Jamar and Justin, Justin were wide receivers at college that LSU offense. Now, as we continue to, Watch those guys grow in the National Football League. They might go down right now, no debate, as the best collegiate offense that we've ever seen based on what I they did collegiately on Saturdays. I mean, you know you had that tug always. of war. You had that back and forth about nah, was that the be best team? Was that the best? i say it again, ain't no tug of war?
1: It wasn't no tug of war. Ain't no quarterback in NCAA history did what Joe Burrow did. Ain't two, ain't Wait two a receivers. What? Joe Burrow is number one in, in, I, in NCAA history for his completions. He threw
0: for five thousand yards. But let, let me, let, let me say something to you. I know your LSU buys are showing, and I'm okay with that. But Bryce Young, who just won the Heisman, his numbers he said, wasn't far off from Joe Burrow. He wasn't they, far they're off, they're he not was. far off. Now, but it wasn't. He, it, that it, was it, surprising. Was the, it wasn't the God, Joe numbers? <laughs> go look at Bryce Young's numbers and you're going to be like, yo, I'm surprised to see how close Bryce Young was to Joe uh, based on what he did, but but listen you got two outstanding wide surprised. receivers all pro I'm like wide surprised. receivers
1: Alabama put up some big, big numbers throughout the whole year so I wouldn't be surprised at all it would just be sneaky it just wouldn't be, it wasn't as talked about as Joe's was throughout the year, put it that way that's fair that's that's fair. Yeah, I Bryce mean, was, Bryce, Bryce was unbelievably like special all year, but I feel like he got puffed off. You know, I, I feel like the team got more puffed than he did. Like what Joe did, week in and week out uh, for the LSU football team in 2019. Come that's on, man, it's hard. I mean, the dude was the dude was having. I think he had a game, bro. It was games where he had like three or four incompletions. Like that's crazy. They the numbers for you. Got look, look at them. sixty-five oh. and six. Okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. He has he had sixty-five touchdowns. Is it, is that a career
1: that's, stat? Oh, that's, that's in a season, man. That's what I'm telling you, man. Ain't nobody had no year like what? that, boy. Hey, Joe who Burrow. What had was had I
0: looking it. at? I thought I saw. I thought I saw closer Hello. numbers.
1: To Joe had Joe
0: threw that. sixty-five touchdowns. Hello. <laughs> I'm I'm to I'm, check I might, I, I, I'm sorry. Hey, nobody have a Those career. are total touchdowns hey, in his a, are those car- that's car- but that's career no. though. That's career, right? No, oh, that's that, that, that season.
1: Guy. Yeah, that's that season, Mac. I'm you, he broke two records that year. He broke the completion record uh the completion um percentage and the touchdown. The dude he that's why they 65 call
0: him total touchdowns.
1: Joe Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nickname well earned. i tell you this much real quick before we transition. When I saw LSU play against Texas that Saturday night in 20, I think it was week oh, two. Man. When he did, oh, that was like the, the opening to the college football world. Like, we got something no special. Y'all better start hey, paying attention.
1: Back. Hey, when I saw it, I was like, yes, sir. Here we go, LSU. That game. <laughs>
0: Computers. Hey, y'all finally got an update because, you know, y'all had that old that old iPhone offense for such a long time. Y'all finally got that new updated offense. You know, that old school offense, run left, run right, play action here. I said, Ellis, you got an update. Yeah, y'all had that old iPhone, that iPhone 8 or 9. Now y'all finally got that 12 in the building. But
1: <laughs> we, we, we were just brewing. We were just brewing. We were just brewing. Check
0: this okay. out. Before, before we transition to a break, you know both guys very, very well. You know Jamar Chase and you know Jalen Ramsey. And one would think Ramsey will see a lot of Jamar Chase this Sunday in Super Bowl Fifty Six here out sure. in L.A. How do you how do you visualize that matchup playing
1: out? Man, it's going to be a great matchup. Like what I what I, it's going to be plays made on both ends. Like that's just it's going to be it's going to be the Super Bowl. Like it's going to be plays. Like guys going to be. I never played in the Super Bowl, but I got close to it before. But guys gonna be juiced up like no other. So it's gonna be plays. I expect plays to be made on both ends. You know, um I expect, you know, we know Jalen's gonna be all over the field, he's gonna be a nickelback, he's gonna be on the left side, he's gonna be on the right side, he's gonna be impressed, he's gonna be an off. Um, so it's gonna be very intriguing to see, you know, how how they're gonna be able to, I guess, unsolve the puzzle, you know, because like like I said, he's gonna be a little bit all over the field. And um also seeing the creativity that the Bengals going to be able to uh, uh, be able to create on offenses as well, because obviously with Jamar being one of their big threat guys down the field, are you going to be able to get Higgins in the game? You know, it, it, uh, we know Rams are it's not a boy. Yeah. uh, tie, uh boy in the game. We don't, we know that the Rams are not, uh, not that he, you know, stout in the running game, at least in the regular season, the playoff, they, 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 they have been much better. Are you going to be get be able to get Joe in the game? To be able to get other guys and in, uh, involved in the game plan to get you know Jamar his looks, you know. So, is uh, I'm very excited about this matchup. I'm excited about this game. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what the outcome is going to be. I I feel like both both guys going to have opportunity to make plays, and I can't wait to see what happens. What's up? I, I I know you already
0: got your your, your, your team your you're rolling with my for kids. Sunday yeah, in mind, but 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 hold we, we we gonna wait till the end of the week we are gonna wait till the end of the week before you before we reveal who we're rolling with. So, so if you've been guys been following the show, I hope you have. Pat P's been rolling with the underdog the entire postseason. Pat just gives his pick. I give my pick gambling-related. But if you guys been following us and paying attention and watching us, if you've been just listening with, with Pat's winner weekend and we week got in the postseason, and if you happen to put some money on it, you guys would be smiling nicely. Yeah, yeah. So bef- we're not going to do our re- re- revealing of who we're taking just yet, Pat P. So hold on. But right now, we're going to toss the break. And when we come back from break, we're going to highlight the road team that's playing at home coming from coming to you guys live on CBS Sports HQ. I'm out in LA. Pat P is out in Arizona. If you guys are checking us out for the very first time, you can follow our podcast anywhere where podcasts are found. Also, check us out on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. Guys, we just highlighted the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Pat P gave his perspective about Cincinnati, played against them in the first ball game of the season in 2021. He also had an opportunity to play against the Los Angeles Rams. And defensively, the Vikings did a real good job. They lost that ball game by seven points. Lost uh, the score was thirty to twenty-three. But overall, you you guys did some dyna- dynamic things against Matthew Stafford. He didn't have the ideal Matthew Stafford like numbers: one hundred and ninety-seven yards through the air, one touchdown, three interceptions. Pat P, how were how, how were you guys able to uh, you know create those interceptions against a real established, experienced quarterback in Matthew Stafford? I
1: think we were able to get to him a lot in that game as far as the defensive line, getting in his face, forcing those ill-advised throws, forcing those untiming throws, not uh, getting, uh, having him able to set his feet on a, on a certain, uh, on, on, on certain throws. So um, I just think we had the opportunity to, to rattle him a lot in that game, kind of make those windows tight for him, have him move out in that, in, in, in the pocket a lot. Cause One thing quarterbacks don't like, they they don't like happy feet. They like to be settled Mm -hmm. and be able to have opportunity to deliver the ball on time. And, you know, that's what we were able to – we did a a great job of not making him comfortable in the pocket. You know, unfortunately, came up short in that ball game. But I thought on the defensive side of the ball, I thought we played outstanding because we all know what the Rams can do on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing in that to highlight, you guys were hitting him. He got hit a lot. And if you look at Matthew Stafford's numbers throughout 2021, the good games compared to the bad games, the bad games, number-wise, he's he's been hit. He's been tagged a lot. And you guys were able to do that. But leading into the season, you were so high on Matthew Stafford when you found out he was getting traded to the Los Angeles Rams because you said talent-wise, we know what type of talent he is. But now – being able to be around a more stable, structured offense, he would, get chance, he would get a chance to show the world what type of player he can be. His postseason stats are 72. He's completed 72% of his passes, six touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he had 41 passing TDs this year. That, that ties a Rams uh, single-season record. Uh, what have you seen from Matthew Stafford, I mean, the entire season, based on what he's been able to do for the Rams?
1: Being able to be around talent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not... Mm not having to force feed Calvin Johnson the football, you know, because that just makes a quarterback predictable. You know, knowing yeah. you've know, you got 81 out there, you have nobody else out there, you know, that can beat you. So you know where the ball is going. But, like, now he can literally give the ball to anybody on the field. Who's ever suited up mm-hmm. on that round of officer, on the offensive side of the football can get the football. And I think that's what's making him – um that much more special because now he has he have he have options he he when he feel like you know if he if he need to bail out a throw he don't have to heave it 60 50 yards down the field to Calvin Johnson he can just dunk it down uh, to your running back to acres you know to, to to Cooper Cup who's always in the flats um, you got um, Odell <laughs> you got so many you got so many more weapons so many so much more in your, uh, in your arsenal now to where you don't have to, you don't have to put everything on your shoulders. Now you just get the ball where it needs to be. Be a, a, a general at the quarterback position, and just watch everything unfold. And that's what's been happening this year.
0: Yeah, and you talked about two guys. I mean, Cooper Cup has been—he's been a terror. Uh, <laughs> won the triple crown this year. Uh, talk about how difficult it is to cover a guy like Cooper Cup, who's usually in the slot, and he runs what we call. A lot of option routes. We're going break down how difficult it is to cover someone who has an option of running either direction based on what he's seen from the defender. How how difficult is that, Pat? Pete?
1: You know the Rams do a good job of not only putting him putting him in position to be successful, but they do a great job of scheming him open. And when I say about mm. scheming him open, they have him in a lot of stack formations to where he's gonna run. He's gonna run pick pick wheels pick uh, rub routes he's going to run option routes they do a great job of scheming kuka open and i think that's what separates him from a lot of the uh, a lot of the other receivers is that the rams Sean bay and kevin do a great job of getting him the ball in so many different creative ways and i think that's what makes him so difficult because you don't know how he's going to get the ball. He's going to get, he can get the ball on the screen he can get the ball on, the, on, a, on a jet sweep. He can get the ball on a, uh, on the option route. He can, he, he can even take the ball. He can even get the ball on the post corner. Like he can run. He got so yeah. much stuff in his arsenal to where, you know, he's, it, 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 it's almost like he's unguardable. But if you watch enough film, like I do, mm. you'll get enough. Yeah. <laughs> will
0: we'll, 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 we'll fill us in a little bit. I mean, you had a luxury of playing against Cooper Cup a lot in the Rams when you were in AZ. And we know you're a master of the game when it comes to studying film. Is there any little cool nuggets you can kind of give us? Because we're fans of the game. We're going to watch the game. You know what I mean? We might see Cooper Cup line up in a stack alignment and, and be like, you know what Pat P told us, when Cooper Cup gets in this formation, to kind of watch out for this route or that route. Is there any little insights based on what you've seen? Of- and you played against the Rams that you can kinda of help us
1: with for Sunday. Well, at least with one of them. Anytime that Cooper Cup was lined up with Odell, Odell never ran a seven route. He always ran they ran Cooper seven, Cup well, on the Hold on, break,
0: hold on Pat Pete. Coach Coach P, right. what is a seven route? You gotta you know, number seven wise, route, you gotta actually break route, it down please. for some people who might not know right. what a seven.
1: A seven route is basically a corner route. So ten to fifteen yard, you know, uh, streaking route, and then he breaks off to the corner wherever, you know, wherever yep. the, the ball is in the field. But anytime that Cooper Cup lined up with Odell, this is when in my film breakdown when we was watching him, he always ran the option, and Odell always ran the end breaking route, almost hundred yeah. percent of the time. Anytime he came on a jet sweep, go ahead.
0: Saying, is that a stack alignment or just on the same
1: yeah. side? That's a stack alignment. They're already in the stack Got alignment. You. Odell is on the ball, and Cooper Cup is off the ball. Anytime you know it, they they run this a different a, a couple different ways. Anytime uh, they motion, so anytime they play action with Cooper, because they, they they like to do this a lot with Cooper Cup, they like to bring him down in that snug alignment to where he's like in a dirty a dirty line uh, a, a a dirty split, but uh, right behind the tackle or the tight end. Anytime they 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 give a play a play action away from him, it's a play action. That means he's going to run like mm-hmm. a they, they run like a naked boot, or he's running like that over route. Anytime action is to him, it's a run, it's running play because he's their best blocking receiver. No question. You know, no so question. those are some of the things that that you can look up as well. Um, I mean, I don't have my notes in front of me, man. There's so many things that I have written down that, you know, I can just blabber off of on. Um, but those are just some of the things that I can remember just vividly, just off the top of my head.
0: Well, Coach Pat P. breaking this down, schooling us a little bit. Also, giving you guys some things to look for when you watch the game Sunday because the same routes that he just talked about, you better believe they will be ran. Oh, they're running those plays. They always have go-to plays. It's like when you play Madden, right? When you play the video game, you got go-to plays. It don't matter how many times you run that play. When you need to go get something, guess what? You're going to go to the go-to plays. And Pat P. know all about that because I used to run a lot of go-to plays on Pat P. Madden. In the red
1: zone, it's definitely that seven route.
0: Oh, that seven Cooper. cut is coming.
1: Man, hey, yeah, that's coming yeah. You kinda saw really, you kinda uh, saw that it was <laughs> almost a, it was a wheel, it
0: was a wheel option we saw in the highlight when he ran on Williams the San Francisco. The but Cooper was Cup is a like guy. That,
1: wheel. that was like that pick wheel I no was question. talking
0: about. That pick wheel, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a great job. You said something that was so important regarding the Rams. They do a great job in scheming guys open, just based on scheme alone. You know what I mean? And then when you factor in the athleticism that those guys have, good luck in trying to be successful. So great, great breakdown from Pat P., a guy who's a student of the game. He's, hopefully you guys get a chance to kind of, you know, get your Tony Romo on Sunday when you see a certain formation, be like, you know, Pat P. told us they're going to run X, Y, and Z. Let's see if it happens. But we get ready to toss to break, and when we come back, we will be discussing one of the most important moments in Super Bowl history.
1: Next
0: Welcome back to All Things Covered, coming to you live on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, first time checking us out, you can follow our podcast anywhere where podcasts are found. And we also are on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things We're in the fourth quarter part of our show. Uh, we just did a great job highlighting the upcoming matchup in the Super Bowls. Super are both 56 to be exact between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. But before we get up out of here, it is February. It's time to celebrate special NFL moments, you know, regarding Black History Month here for all of us. And let me throw out a date to you guys and Pat P. January 31st, 1988. Pat P., 1988, how old were you?
1: I wasn't even thought of. You weren't born yet? I was born in 90, Cap.
0: Oh, you were born in 90. Dang. So in 88, I was seven.
1: Well, I, hey, but this, about I think we talked it. about this last time, but this is that Super Bowl that my grandma talked about. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Your Super grandma, Bowl. my aunt,
0: Aunt uh, Margaret. Aunt uh, Margaret. Yeah, you yeah, you mentioned this last, last time, talking about uh how fired up she was. But let me guys break it down to you who might not know what I'm talking about. Uh that was the date of Super Bowl twenty two between Washington and the Denver Broncos. Why that moment was so big in not just sports history, but in African-American history. Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to start a Super Bowl and first to win a Super Bowl. Broncos entered that ball game as three and a half point favorites. Washington won 42 to 10. Doug Williams had a big time ball game. 340 yards, four touchdowns. He won Super Bowl MVP. Williams only started two games during the 1987 season, but started all three playoff games and caught fire. Caught fire. For me, that moment was significant because as a child at being six, seven years old, Pat P, I didn't know how huge it was for a black man to start at the quarterback position in the Super Bowl and to also win. It wasn't sure. until I became older that I realized how significant that moment was. For me, I was just watching football, and I was a Giants fan growing up. So seeing Washington win that ball game, it, it didn't sit well with me because I didn't like anything Washington-related because I was a Giants fan. You know what I mean? Right. But as time you know went on and I understood – how monumental that moment was. I was a fan of Doug Williams, and I'm still a fan of Doug Williams because he was a trendsetter. He was a guy that was able to do something that many people thought would never be done. And playing in the Super Bowl at the quarterback position started, and they won, Anyone MVP. And you talked about your grandma, how excited she was. Of course, you wasn't born then, but, you know, knowing some things that she saw happen throughout her life watching football. Later in life, you saw two black coaches that we highlighted last week in Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy coach their Super Bowl. So seeing, you know, things that we saw in years past and now current day, you know, when you look at a moment like that, granted you weren't born then, you know, how special was that? And, of course, seeing where we're trying to go at the quarterback position now in the National Football League.
1: Yeah, I think it was big. You know, I think that was a, a big moment, you know, just for the African-American community just to show, you know, that, you know, Blacks can be, you know, a face of a, a multi-million, you know, company, you know, a, a black can be just as successful at the quarterback position, you know, as their the other counterparts, you know. So, um, it was it was great to see, well, not see it because obviously I didn't see it, but it's great, mm-hmm. um, that Doug was able to, you know, kick down the door, you know, for, you know, just not only African American, you know, uh, quarterbacks, but just, you know, for for the african-american community as well because i i feel like once he did that it gave us another it gave us more hope you know it gave us a little extra <clears throat> that's saying that we can do it we can be you know uh we can achieve you know uh you know whatever that we put our mind to so um just the excitement that my grandma literally my grandma used to, you know, used to get so excited any and every time you know um you know, she saw, you know, African-American quarterback, you know, in, in, a, in, in the NFL on TV. And she always just relate back to the moment when Doug Williams, you know, won the Super Bowl and how she watched it and this, that and other. So um, that was a that was that was that was huge that, you know, Doug was able to not only because like, you you know, that he only started two games during that season yeah. and started all caught fire in the, in the playoff games uh, In the playoff game sound like a little Nick foolish to me. But uh, he got hot at the right time, and, you know, they those guys came out on top. Yeah, came out on top. Yeah. And, uh, off and the I, Super I, Ball. they're
0: unthinkable. No question. I don't know exactly at that time in 87 how many starting quarterbacks were black, but clearly it wasn't a lot. And, you know, at some at once upon a time that wasn't a thing. It's a little more yeah. normal now, and then you look at where we are when it comes to black quarterbacks in the National Football League primary uh, black primary starting quarterbacks in 2021, you had Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. So we're in a better place when you look at the acceptance in black quarterbacks in the National Football League and how they're viewed. You know, where, where do you see this position going when it comes to, you know, more African-Americans getting an opportunity to play the quarterback position and excel at it?
1: I think it's getting better because, you know, you're starting to see more, you know, African-American quarterbacks on the college level. And I think that's where it starts, you know, on the college level. And I believe the more and more you see on the college level, the more and more you're going to see on the NFL level. You know, if you can play and you have the talent, you have the arm strength, you have, you know, the IQ um, of of an elite quarterback, you know, I think you'll be, you'll find a spot in, in the big leagues. You know, so I just think, um, but for us, you know, I just think we have to, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we on we're on our Ps and Q's at all times. Being able to do something that's gonna separate us from that stereotype or being a yeah. athletic quarterback that can only use his legs, you know, do extra yeah. on working on your accuracy, do better on working on your ball delivery. So that cannot be an excuse you so yeah i remember um, excited about
0: it, Lamar Jackson it. right yeah he said he should he should you know switch positions it's and play as a in or something like that yeah man well, mvp no as a
1: quarterback
0: but well, yes, yeah, so league mvp and still considered one of the best to do it in the national football league yeah but one thing about playing quarterback i can say this is like cornerbacks, you got to have thick, thick skin yes. you will be hit with a lot of criticism regardless of what color you are if you don't go out there and get the job done, you know they're gonna come down on you. So make sure you prepared to have thick skin. Team. But it's okay to go out there.
1: Would you say, Pat P? Because you're the CEO of the players, so I mean, you're the voice of the players for for the most part. So yeah. you're gonna get all of the, you know, the the riffraff of, from the media or you know from the the fans or wherever it may come from. You're gonna get the, the the heat of that. But like you said, you have to be able to have a short memory and, and being able to stay true to your stuffs as true to yourself and stand dedicated to the game to see more positive and better outcome.
0: No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Well, shout-out to Doug Williams and shout-out to all the trendsetters that are kicking down doors for other people to follow, doing a tremendous job. And shout-out to you guys for checking us out here live on CBS Sports HQ. All Things Covered will be back with you guys on Friday. And get this, my guy, Pat P., will be here with me live in color. So make sure you guys tune in on Friday. We will have another dynamic show for you guys. And for all you guys that have watched us today and have been following us throughout the entire season, we appreciate you. And we got many big things left for you guys. Coming up the rest of the week, Super Bowl 56 coming to you live. L.A. All Things Covered, Patrick Peterson, B. Mac. See you soon.